Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. As we get near to the holidays, we're all set up, but I like to give you daily reminders on how to move more and more towards your humanity, your three-year-old whole self. And that's straightforward for those of you who have a good relationship with your emotional body. For those of you who might struggle with having emotions, and I mean the depth of them in the way of it's easy, not tiresome. Okay, so if instead it's tiresome, what you want to understand, and I'm trauma-informed, somatic-informed, attachment-informed because of supporting people on personal development, the mystic component came in time. I had already began to actually write the inner growth mindset book, which is done in the first part, if I remember correctly, and uh, timelines or the time. You, you lose track of time at a certain point. So it's been a pretty journey for me to be inspiring human potential. And the blog is the first stop and the podcast second. And we have YouTube now with video and we have courses as well, stuff like that. But long story short, what I am trying to get to in this mini introduction and as we move into new year, I want to just always try and organize the message so that people can understand. You tune in to HP if you are able and want to actually access your heart and be a person who has love, the human love narrative. So it's something you are good with to find inner and outer well-being. It's not something you think of as work. And if you think of it as work and you think of humanity as shitty and love as hard, then you're the human suffering narrative. So you can go tune into 4D mystics, 3D mystics. I mean, it, it really, I use those words because they're not in oneness consciousness and they are definitely in the plane of there's uh, evil and devils and demons versus the one of the, we're educating ourselves on what it means to have trauma and Big trauma means a rupture, and that's not something that a person will notice outside. No, it's actually, and I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because some people, they use the word. They don't know what it means. I learned what it meant, and I still am learning what it means, and I'm not the medical staff. That's why I'm pseudoscience lady and woo-woo, but I do know that it's a charge, that it's energy, that it's fragmented for people who have big situations take place and it's not one gene. So yes, genes make a difference. Uh, there's a whole way that people use words without knowing that it's a process to get your window of tolerance to a window of welcome. That your physical embodied brain is actually always trying to heal itself, meaning get the trauma memory out of where it's lingering, which is why people have PTSD and nightmares. And there's explanations with neuroscience of why you don't get demonically possessed when nightmares are happening and all of the traditional things that we have heard and that explain things that today is explainable with the brain working a certain way. And if you have trauma, traumatic memory that created a rupture, it's because as infant, zero, one, two, three, four, there's many things that can take place that are overwhelming for your nervous system. And so some people will have had a big T is what they call it. The small T's are like divorce or um, it all depends. Because see, I don't actually agree with there being a big or small T in the sense of they're both 
important and impactful. But the difference would be that if there's a fragment, fragmentation and a rupture, I've noticed the people who have ruptures, like major, I say major again, it's their window of tolerance just doesn't handle emotions. It's stayed and it's zero one-year-old with the terror because of not having the ability to safely connect to another human being, the only other human being, the lifeline. And so there's just terror with emotion. So the emotional body disconnects which makes it therefore then challenging for a person to heal their trauma and to bring forth their humanity, which is why we have our lovely 5D mystic enlightenment functional adults relationships and the adults that I get to work with. So anyone who wants to be a human with compassion and can support to heal trauma, you heal your own trauma. When we support others, it's by creating unconditionally loving relationships. You can only be a person who unconditionally loves if you're whole. That means your whole three-year-old heart. You open-heartedly love spontaneously. You have no strings attached to anything. You're just doing one thing. I want to play the game of life by being loving and kind. That's because it's my nature. It's all of our nature, human nature, in our ventral vagal state. The people who are not here, it's because they have trauma and they can heal it with good relationships that say, you're a human like I am. I will not dehumanize you. I will not... Uh, stigmatize you. I will not judge you. I will not use ancient silverback stories to define you because it's a bullshit story. Okay, so anyone who's tuning in, again, leave if you believe in the devil or evil because I'm not kidding when I say I know it ain't real because I am a mystic and because that plane and the mind's eye, it's pretty straightforward when you're grounded in your body and I can definitely tell stories, which I won't. I won't ever share all my stories because why would I? I don't need to prove this. This is the point. I'm not doing any of it to prove shit. I'm supporting people who want to become their whole human self and then to support other people who want the same. The ones who don't, they don't have to. They got their silverbacks. They can stay in limited consciousness. It's not going to change the world. In fact, consciousness expands because of differences so please if you're a child who does not know how to handle your emotions like a grown-up which means don't get pissy in your pants when you hear things you don't like you can go tune in somewhere else nobody is spelling out truths here and on that note i want to enter into what my tone wants to be which is not this i don't want to lecture in fact let's let's move forward um there's this woman i love her content she's way better than the other one who's using biblical uh, what is it biblical text <laughs> scripture to define attachment styles but this other woman's like all over it like ah if you're an anxious just leave the fuck alone the person so she's really uh tired i think what it is of people complaining about stuff but what makes me a little bit laugh is that apparently she considers herself an anxious attachment uh, who's healing I'm guessing with an avoidant attachment person and I'm thinking okay you're, you're pretty pissy in your pants instead of understanding how people who are anxious are living life so why are you so forceful you remember when we learned from Patrick Tiahan how people who are beginning their healing journey what happens to them okay so do you also remember and I, I will share this information in a minute in case there's new listeners they, they don't remember obviously i'm talking to my lovely regular listeners do you remember what a codependent type person that that description of those attributes and those words okay so keep the, the, these two things in mind so 
when Patrick Tiahan talks to us about recovery from childhood trauma to beginning to feel better, he shares what happens, and that would be where everyone wants everyone now to go on that journey. And here it is. If you have woken up to your childhood trauma, you're part of a minority. And he says, healing is a strange process. We start by feeling like we are the only person that had a toxic family or a narcissistic parent and went through the specific mess that was our childhood. Then we wake up, usually after family crises or another abusive event that somehow crosses a line or us. And after that point, we start seeking education and answers to help us with the confusion and second guessing. We've known it was wrong on some unconscious level, but how bad was it really? And then he says, once we start changing and benefiting from some work, we want others to get on it too. Okay, and that's the part of a teenager, because I remember being a teenager, and I love using me as an example, because again, we do process all of those basic six emotions and the charge states, and we all have an inner child. My three-year-old is always here with me. I'm just an adult with it, because the three-year-old is an emotional verb state of self that's how you feel it in your body in your brain when you have an integrated brain the left and right mode of your human being physical brain thank you daniel siegel is the one who teaches me and i learned from him about the brain structure and the mind and relationships and i can share the integration of the brain process for me maria but that's not part of our journey on the podcast it's part of you understanding i'm trauma-informed somatic informed and personal development that equation plus the mysticism is something to support your higher potential to be yourself not me so your flow not my flow your heart not my heart and i can explain more things because i got educated because i care about what i do and what i bring to the table as a content creator online entrepreneur professional and somebody who just cares about people i don't do shit from my ass but i can speak from my ass like anybody else which is why it's about you and if you want to be your fucking grown-up. If you need a master, a teacher, a guru, if you want to be handheld, I was told this by one of what I consider a my mentor, a mentor for me as an online marketer, a beautiful mentor in my book, and I'll never forget when we got told, the team and I, that we would not be handheld like little kids, which is fair and square once you're an adult, especially if you're going to go off and become your own professional, which is what I am when it comes to all of what I do as an online marketer and entrepreneur consultant. So I love the ability for a person to say, I'm going to teach you how to fly and I'm going to make sure you fly on your own. If I need to kick you into the, but see, while with work, to me, this is something that is to be done with life, not the same. So when someone wants to tell me that they should kick a little kid, I'm going to be like, fuck you. I'm going to take that kid. I'm going to cuddle that kid. Now, here's the part about attachment systems. The ideal attachment first year of life is when we get to securely attach. And the ideal mode of attachment to create a resilient nervous system and that from what they've been studying is a third of attunement and then repairing rupture. So you are going to want a, a little bit of stress and a little bit of comfort. That right amount is something that is important. However, however, here's where we are not pieces of mathematics, not just yet, the human being, okay? So our nervous system, mine, will respond differently to emotions than yours. And the one part that Daniel Siegel shared in one of my recent courses 
that it seems will affect how a person can be resilient towards the depth of emotion that is felt are these things called alleles. So there's this study, I don't remember where it is, I need to find my notes, but these alleles they've, they've found in, in Europe, it might be a small sample, not really sure, but if you have more ability to feel deeply, then you will have the ability to sustain more emotional stress and not have what is called a rupture, so that big T, okay? And here is what I'm trying to describe for you all right now. And again, my regular listeners can follow pretty well. If you're new, you have questions, just ask them. I'll create an episode for you. I'll make it free if you don't want to become a subscriber. Plus, the subscription-based model content is for those who have specific questions. And I know that I have a lot of things that I need to organize for my lovely community. But it's uh, everything in good timing. In the meantime, let me see where is this bit about alleles, but probably not going to find it right now. So I'm going to leave it alone and just let you know that I didn't make this shit up, but I'm pseudoscience lady for a reason because I get data and then I forget some of it and I remember gists of it. And it's not a perfect science again. None of us are a piece of, um, a piece of machinery, although some people want to talk about us like that. We're not divinity either in the sense that we don't need a belief system to talk about our humanity. Although people love to use that. I grew up with Jesus and with the word God. And today God to me means what it's always felt like, which is the essence of love and the essence of life. It's being a human being in your ventral vagal state and an integrated brain, as I was saying. So left and right mode, once you have integration in the brain, they work together, all hands on deck. When you're not integrated yet, what happens is that the left will work and then the right is off and they they switch. But if you get into the practice of using them together, which means that you just put into the, the effort, into being at ease. When you're exchanging thoughts with other people. Okay, so here, codependent, martyrs and superiors and blamers. The minute that you start to say, oh, I'm changing and benefiting from some work and I want to get others to do it too. Now I'm going to go off and be pissy in my pants every time I'm explaining something. Pissy in your pants, lecturing is something that is indicative. Yes, of course, passion. You care. You want to make an impact. That's exactly why, as I was saying, I do it too. As a teenager, I learned how to back off and to try and just share my subjective opinion and then to keep backing off so that I could respect and share a conversation versus, you know, what becomes basically like Braveheart. <laughs> that's not a conversation. That's just, you know, people who care a lot about something and, and, and people will listen to us. Of course, we all listen to each other when we get passionate, but that doesn't serve to create a interaction. Now, sometimes people don't want to interact with information. They just like to listen. And then sometimes they want to interact because they have food for thought. And that's where when you are just there in an effort to exchange, you're going to want it to flow. However it flows, even if it's passionate, flowing. Okay, not lecturing. Lecturing sounds almost like a monologue and a mono, what is it called? Basically, when you're just telling somebody a bunch of, th of things, which is fun, but not really. I mean, a grown-up three-year-old doesn't want the floor because that's not life. 
we want an exchange. An exchange is we are interested in conversing about the conversation together equally. Okay, so alleles make those of us who feel deeply, the highly sensitive person, and I have not and don't plan on getting, you know, diagnosed or whatever because I don't feel the need to, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> with my interception and my hypochondria stuff that I, I have that deeply, deeply feelings and not fragmentation because my nervous system doesn't have an issue with emotions it's part of life I've always been aware of it because I'm too sensitive is what I was told when I was a kid but I never thought of it as <laughs> too sensitive I, I just say yeah I'm a human I thought we all felt that and as a child I'm like well I'm a child I'm crying what do you want so being able to understand how you feel about emotions very important if you're laughing and smiling and you're great with all of them, great. If it feels tiresome, that's not not great. It is meaning you have a smaller window of tolerance. So you want to get to know what you're able to process when it comes to emotions. And here's where those who have attachment wounds and ruptures, they are going to want to understand that it's like a rubber band. It's like gymnastics exercises and so to be able and feel comfortably in their body requires something called on the psych education to inform them your emotional body was disconnected as your empathic system if you will but it doesn't mean you don't have emotions it means that they're in their very raw infant young you know and so it's it's really about you wanting to take it a baby baby step like little tiny baby steps and understand what you're doing and understand it's normal and natural and totally going to be a process that you can enjoy in time with the right people and that's it and you accept that you have like a short rubber band for being around a lot of love for example and that's something though I mean I, I I'm comfortable with it that's why I can't I can't speak of being tired about being around love <laughs> because I'm not afraid of it I'm not afraid of being vulnerable now here's the part of where we have moments of our life where we were vulnerable and then we got to have what are situations that create an awareness of our unsafety with people when it comes to our emotions because they will not have tended to reassure us in moments of fear and sadness and sharing okay but the difference for 5d mystics is that we don't take it personally and we are those who can show up fully they always show up fully and those who can't it means that they're not possible in that moment and again, a window of tolerance makes it not possible for you to love me and to be there for me. So I learned that you're not safe for me to cry around. You're not safe for me to speak to about my heart. And it isn't because you're evil. It's because you don't have a window of welcome for that which is my emotional spectrum and it's because you don't know how to safely co-regulate and stay self-regulated in your nervous system with another nervous system which will stem from something that is your childhood and more okay so on that note as for those of us who are in love with life we don't back off meaning we 
still love. We keep loving, which is why the lady, as I was pointing out, who was lecturing, she's, in my opinion, a lecturer who's, yeah, okay, you got a degree, you're an attachment therapist or whatever you are, and you're telling people about your relationship with your avoidant boyfriend, and you're really basically uh, scolding and anxious and telling them to back the fuck off and grow up, and I'm thinking, fuck you. Because you're, you're treating this in a way that you're forgetting what it was like for you. And I'm going to say, I don't think you were really that big of an anxious. If you were, then why are you so? But no, at the same time, here's where the hypocrisy of people. I've met many people. To me, they're all hypocrites. The smokers that became ex-smokers and harassed the fuck out of any one of us who smoked. To this day, if somebody was a smoker and they start bitching, I'm going to blow smoke in your face. Because to me, Maria, you're a hypocrite. You forgot what it was like to smoke. Now that you're done and you quit, you want to be a pain in the ass. So as I was saying, as a teenager, when I was pointed out, you're a pain in the ass. I was like, you know what? Actually, wait a minute. You're right. I am a pain in the ass. Let me back off because it's, it's fair and square. I don't want people to tell me what the fuck to do with my life. I shouldn't be telling other people what to do with the fuck with their life. And so if you were anxious and you forgot what it was like and now you're lecturing somebody and you're trying to strengthen them up, what are you doing? I would say that that's not a tuning to them, one. You're not a safe space, two. And you're not their parent, three. And you know what? If you were their parent, you're just re-traumatizing that poor person by yelling at them in their face and telling them that they should learn how to be patient. What about you educating them, lady, about how their nervous system doesn't know how to self-regulate, that there's a feeling that the shoe's always going to drop and that this freaking out one-year-old is crying because that's the same fucking shit you went through. And here's where I get passionate. But see, I try to make it a conversation, but this is not an effective means of educating. It's an effective means of having a conversation. Okay, so anxious, avoidant, and disorganized, they all are meaning a person doesn't have a window of welcome for emotions, number one. Number two, if they get educated about it, they can accept themselves versus crap on themselves, which is what the lady was doing in her fucking video while talking about her relationships who nobody gives a fuck about, by the way. But then again, some people they do. Who? The ones who resonate with her attitude, her mannerisms, and everything she just spoke out of her mouth. And that's how you know why something resonates. It's because you like it. <laughs> Did anybody need to spell that? Yes, apparently some people don't know that their emotions are always involved so that you like something. That's why you're going to say, well, I want more of that. Good for you. Do you know why you want more of that? My question, because see, that's my question, which is also why I don't want to be that. Although I know that, again, sometimes I do that, but I don't mean to do that because that's not what we're about. We're about sharing information. I get passionate just as much as anybody does, but passion is one thing. And the minute you're noticing it, it's because you're going to be on a, on a rampage or, you know, you're, you're on a roll kind of thing. So it's all choices how much you want to be able and support others to heal trauma seriously and to bring forth their humanity. And lecturing doesn't work. As a child, I don't remember thinking of lecturers as something fabulous, <laughs> not even a little bit. No, I remember having to put up with it and just sit there like a little soldier and be bored and just, can I go now? <laughs> I was going to have fun with you, but you don't like to educate. You just want to scold me. <laughs> I don't like your tone. 
I'm not having fun right now. My body's uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I just know that I need to stand here because otherwise you're not going to let me go. And so I'll just be a good girl. That way I can just fucking go now. Can I go? Am I done? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye. You did nothing to me. You didn't plant a seed. The, a person who has, by the way, self-agency is just going to stare at somebody and be like, yep. Okay. I heard you. I'm going to take that data into consideration and then I'm going to roll with it if I like it. If I don't, I won't. And that's it. And that's a self-agent with no shame. A three-year-old. No defectiveness. I, Maria, am not defective. I'm flawed and imperfect like any other fucking human being on the face of this planet. I'm not ashamed of it. You are not smarter than I am. And actually, the more I grow up, the more I can tell you're all not smarter than anyone if you don't have an integrated brain. That's for sure. It doesn't matter where you come from. If I don't see you being nice to me, I'm going to be like, wow, that's a dumbass right there. I'm a dumbass too, but I'm a different dumbass. Okay, on that note. So, people who have window of tolerances, if they get taught some stuff and they're open to it, then that's what's going to help them. If they're not, then they won't be helped. I got an anxious around me. I've shared with them as much as I can to help their system works and not by <laughs> feelings that they, in fact, have. I'm just going to work the way it works. So if you describe to somebody the fact that they, as an anxious, will always feel that the next shoe is going to drop because that's how their zero one-year-old was being dealt with and that the only way, the only way to get out of that is every time they feel like the next shoe is going to drop, they literally, not in, not, they have to quote unquote if they want to say, okay, I'm going to find a way to soothe myself that is in my own hands, music. Uh, eating chocolate, even though eating is not as ideal, because if you start to use external substances, you could develop those self-soothing mechanisms that become compulsive, but basically things you enjoy doing. Something, I would say something artistic, journaling. Journaling is helpful. Understanding, even though there's not really much to think about in this moment, this is when you don't want to think, you want to get that feeling to be switched. So you're going to expand your window of tolerance to window of welcome only if you say, okay, I am, I am aware, I'm feeling it right now. What is my mechanism of getting to be comfortable in the uncomfortable? So like with my panic attacks, there is nothing <laughs> that I definitely could do besides breathe and just stay grounded because my mind's thinking I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But um, Again, having a relationship with the depths of emotions is why I was never in a big, like, whoop to do. It's more of, let me make sure I'm healthy and I'm not dying for real. That's it. And not that's it in the sense of in, in the body, it wasn't felt. That's it, meaning the practical steps that I can take is just this being comfortable in the uncomfortable, making sure that I am not physically dying. And that way, I talk sense to my lovely brain here that wants to keep telling me I'm going to die. And it did work meaning in time i'm like okay i know you're thinking you're gonna die but there's proof you're not dying <laughs> so there's proof you got it right here and for somebody who's anxious there's not proof it's i have an anxious attachment style and i have an ambivalent attachment category i'm working with my window of tolerance i'm trying to learn to self-regulate my nervous system to get out of this anxiety that began at my zero one year old and that's what's going to help them. The rational part is knowing what's happening as it's happening and then knowing, okay, I have three things I can test out today and I'm going to do them all. I'm going to do music, I'm going to do journaling, and then I'm going to be like, fuck this shit, it's so tiresome, and I'm going to go to sleep now, and that's about it, for example, okay? So 
This is why, as Patrick Tiahan and any good childhood trauma survivor who's healed and healing, and I say healing always because I don't know how he considers it, but that's why it's a journey. And I don't know how that feels because I don't know how to be tired with emotions. I love emotions. <laughs> They're part of being alive. But I understand from all the descriptions and all the people who have this human suffering in their body what it's like. So we educate people by sharing the information, not lecturing, as grown-ups. As a teenager, I lectured too. As I got older, I don't want to lecture. I don't like monologues. I like to share life. But there are people who don't like to hear about certain topics. So you respect that. And you don't talk to them about the psych education, even though with my loved ones, I will always do. I'm going to share a little bit of information with you because I can't stop myself from at least giving you something and seeing if you're interested. And if you are, then I know you're going to go off and get curious and you're going to start learning about it. And then you're going to be able to help yourself. So it's not let me plant a seed because you don't plant seeds. It's a person who's interested and takes whatever it is that you share and says, huh, and their body actually does that with their brain. Their amygdala is like, I, you know what, that, that intrigued me. So they have to be open. A person has to be open to what you're sharing. If they're not, they won't be open. That's all. They're not ready for it. They don't want it. They're going to navigate towards ancient silverbacks and stick it to the human suffering, and they, and they can stay over there. So let's move on from that little bit and just remember to have compassion for those of you who are all of you tuning in here but for some of you if you have resonated with mm, yeah i actually have a very hard time tiresome people did it then look into attachment styles for grown-ups and those relationships that can help you with partnerships attachment category is a different thing and you would want to figure out your attachment category they're not fixed you can work with yourself the attachment styles, again, is different. It's for when you're a grown-up. But both pieces of data share similarities. So the avoidant attachment category is, I believe, the disconnected attachment style. The ambivalent attachment category is, if I remember correctly, the anxious and preoccupied attachment style. And then for the disorganized attachment, which a person will then have a sub-attachment category of either secure avoidant or ambivalent they will be the either anxious fearful or anxious or uh, anxious fearful avoidant fearful so the styles they name them differently but essentially the disorganized has their defense mechanism on so they're ready to fight and run away because they were in danger consistently so they don't have safe co-regulation experiences so their nervous system is like, I need to run away. My home is not safe. My body's not safe. I'm not safe. But their attachment system longs to attach because that's our mammalian heritage. And so that's why they're jumping around usually between anxious, avoidant, and fearful, and they just don't know where to... So they, it will depend on the partner, typically how they move around. Uh, but at the end of the day, because they're always in defense mode, it, it, it feels exhausting, confusing destabilizing to love someone and to want to be around them because the reality is that nervous system that defense mode is still on because their zero one-year-old was fucking terrified it didn't have a safe experience in co-regulating because the nervous system nearby was not safe that environment was not safe none of it so love intimacy not safe not in their body not with people if they can understand that inner conflict that's a fragmented 
self, they can know, okay, I'm going to work myself to first organize. So getting out of the disorganize, which means trying to get that defense mode. Okay, it's okay. I'm safe. That's a conversation that a person can only do in their own head. And it's in the feeling though. And here's where I make it straightforward, quote unquote, and simple. And from what I gather, it's not this simple, which is why the psych educators, it's great when they can explain it to you better and or just understanding that it's a journey. It's a journey to get into your human nature, which is you being able to attach safely and to co-regulate safely with another mammal, another human being. You don't do it solo as Terriel and every one of those lovely therapists points out, trauma is relational, intimacy is the core. So your first intimate relationship is yourself and then being able to build easily relationships with others. But the relationship with yourself, I'm talking about you feeling good to feel gooey, ooey, ooey, okay? And that's what we've been discussing for this first 30 minute. So having people around you that are healthy self-worth people is important because that will mean that they are not superior and fear. They don't lecture you. They hear you out. They are present, attuning and resonating and trusting. And they are also doing that because they have cold, curious, open, aware and or accepting and loving. And those are all necessary for a person to be completely resonating and also it's awareness connection openness awareness love more than just resonating this is the moment that you will feel felt and i will feel felt and that differentiation it's because i accept that you think and feel life a certain way i think and feel life another way i don't judge you you know this and you feel it i know that you don't judge me and i feel it i know you're not running away from me i know that you don't have uh, you know, criticism for me, and then we get to do a mui. And that means I and you come together and feel together life, and we find a sense of safety in being ourselves, and then we can go off and into the world we become adventurers, safe haven, secure base. This is what the primary caregiver that is ideal that gives a person secure attachment Okay, and so on that note, we can do that and be of service to humanity, not in a way of our, their slaves, service to our own species in order to create heaven on earth, heaven in the body of people. And then for our earth, I mean, the reality is it's an organic planet. We want to start, we've been in the ignorant plane, and so we want to actually try and use what we're creating to rebalance the ecosystem, to remember, to stay grounded, and that organic means there's a death, there's a moment of death for the planet. It isn't gonna live forever, the sun's gonna die. I mean, this is the part, it's not evil, it's part of sciences, not the flat earther sciences, okay? And, and that's something that 4D don't see, that's why AI, technology, ah, it's evil. No, it's not evil, we need sciences. On that note, we do have those who navigate spectrums and a certain type of energy. We won't talk about that one right now. And it's not the energy as much as it's the, <clears throat> how can I say this? Okay. The groups who are able to be expanding are the ones who know all life form is to be supported. But we also know that we are not uh, keys anything meaning that there's always areas we don't know about that's what creates the seeking and if we do seeking with fear then we're not going to be seeking in a certain way 
we are going to be in a different energy. So I'm going to leave that one to the side though, because it's not time to chit chat about that. What we want to remember is with our relationships, we are here to support each other if we can to move into having a joyful life and then our neighborhoods and all that to try and begin with inner and outer well-being. And then, of course, as a collective, you know, it, it works that way. And people who are entrepreneurs, there's plenty of them trying to do things. I do educational and entertainment, obviously. Here's um, content creation, consulting. And so my hands are here, not working in the streets. Others can build businesses that they work in the streets and or with the ocean and or with, you know. So there's plenty of things for us to do together and to have different types of interesting conversations. So with all of the lovely updated good educator information, even when they're lecturing us, <laughs> you can be a person if you easily love and you easily are able to handle emotions to know that you can be one of those people in general without needing all of the other stuff that we talked about that can hold space. And that's by understanding those who do not have the first year of life a reason or another that allows them to securely attach. They have more challenges, not only feeling in general, meaning the feeling of compassion, because we all have those feelings, but it's a feeling of ease with people and within their self. Furthermore, there's the part of even if you try sharing love with them, the adaptive child will already have a story and safety behaviors. They are maladaptive as adults because they're not only not towards that inner well-being, they're also not towards the outer well-being. So they're playing out their relational trauma and attachment wounds from home with all people from their life. Okay, and... We're going to just chit-chat now about the ability for you to safely and lovingly have adult conversations. As I was saying in the book of a person who has enough info, you will share with others topics that could support them. But in general, when we're interacting with each other, those mannerisms don't need to be discussed like you are a mathematical equation, okay? And I'm going to use the lady who was just lecturing about the whole avoidant and anxious and trying to get anxious to leave the avoidant alone. So it seemed to me that they were in fact catering a lot to the person who needed space. They were also being very forceful and in a way of I claim my own space and like a teenager with a three-year-old just making it a stand. I'm taking a stand. <laughs> Okay, so anybody remember your energy days? Because I do, your, your teenage energy days. No, that's why I was saying to me, every emotionally immature person is a teenager with their three-year-old. And it's usually a still heartbroken one, meaning that you're still looking for the outside world to approve of you. So you're still in recovery because your trauma, your emotional stuff is coming up in a way that is rigid and chaotic okay passion is one thing being able to recognize it like when I get passionate like I said I'm aware of it and I learn because I want to be more equanimous sometimes I'm not I just allow the 
Kali mode to come on up. Okay, that is why content creation is of those who are creating it. <laughs> We're expressing. It's always an artistic form. You can sing, you can dance, you can talk. The energy behind it is part of not art in the sense of painting, but it is full of emotions. And this is something important, which is why, you know, just remembering every person that tells you anything, it's going to come from their subjective experience. And, and I know it seems straightforward, but a lot of people don't remember this. So they're hearing somebody talk and they think it's a truth and feel that it's a truth potentially. When you are with any person in your life, you can organically find your way to tango. You don't need a therapist to tell you, but of course a therapist can support, especially if you don't have compassion in the forefront and you have some story of devils or evils or means in the way of, I'm just going to judge a person because the TV said so or because my group, my culture said so because da 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 da. We have a lot of people who are not recovering or interested in moving out of their trauma, safety, maladaptive survival mode of their nervous system, their mouths, and their brain. So they're not interested in their integrated or integration of their brain. And in fact, they continue to want to say that we are meant to behave and to have mannerisms that are like that, which is totally bullshit because I can get passionate the same way and have a whole different experience in my body than a person who is not yet even aware that they're not navigating their ventral vagal. But like I say and continue to say, the person would have to be interested in being able to have a soft and uh, intimate and therefore enriching experience with another person. It would need to call to them so much that they're willing to move out of their comfort zone of rigidity. So I'm talking right now one-on-one, -on -one, okay? So some of us are polyamory, some of us are monoamory. We, we have been looking at those. Those aspects are for the individuals who are grown-ups, and I laugh because I'm wondering how many of you are grown-ups to where you understand lifestyle and love is not something that is of one human being yet. Yet meaning how many of you yet understand this? And I say understand, although I should say conceptualize it. And I should also say believe in it, because this is the part of where people will use a lot of different words to say, no, no, you can't love more than one person. There are people who say, if you love more than one person, you don't love anyone. There are those who think that because you love many, you don't really have love, and it's because of some traumatic event. Okay, many people will think of an individual who has the ability to love easily as something that is quote-unquote an anomaly it's called a trust break people from your humanity not mine i actually know personally how to be in my oxytocin gene hormone and how to love people because even though i know that i cannot be vulnerable with all people meaning that my emotional well-being will not be something my loved ones all of them will be interested in catering no it's not catering and welcoming so a safe space is a safe space only if you are being in a person's, if they are present, attuning, thanks to being curious, open, aware, and whatever you're saying, however you're feeling, they don't express well, anything, they shut the fuck up, and their body, their entire body welcomes what you are, as you are. 
This is very important. So that's the minute that you will feel at home, safe. Now that doesn't mean that on the other end we have what would be an expanding piece of consciousness. The other end has their own stuff going on, okay? And this is why when you look at relationships, the people who are needing to organize scriptures, like this lady too, they're still a zero one-year-old who's catering to the household as if they need to tend to another nervous system because they're still freaking out trying to figure out how to live life. Okay, hopefully my lovely regular listeners are following. If you're new and you have questions, ask. Personally, I will use, again, my three-year-old self, and I will use the fact that I was held in a way of equanimity. So by being told, do not nurture me, I am not the child, you're the child, I was given indication of you're responsible for your emotional well-being, I'm responsible for your emotional well-being, so I was given these words, this input. The same thing goes with life, and the same thing goes with being able to be an adventurer, okay? So I had mannerisms that got me to hear again and again and again, don't nurture me, nurture you, and there's also sayings in Italy, who does for themselves, does for three, and and stuff like that. But it was always in a way of, because of me tending to be like a a little mommy. I was like the second mommy of all the kids, all all of it. So my nature, me Maria, is to nurture. I, I actually do not like when I am not allowed to nurture. And people know this. <laughs> they know it all, and I know it. And in fact, that's why it's a good thing that I am not in any way, shape, or form a parent, because I can become very, very much from a nurturer to a monster if you touch my... <laughs> this is the part of why, you know, it's not about mother instincts. I would say it's about a person who's like, don't touch any of these. Yeah. So anyways, we don't need to go down that path because that's, that's a silly navigation path. However, that's how we feel with our loved ones. And we learn how to mind our own business because everyone does their own life and everyone can nurture their self. Okay. This is an example of why psych education helps. As Terry Real points out, people find it hard to love themselves You will love yourself in the way that you were handled. My relationship in the way that I was handled is equal to equanimity. And it's equal to being fair and balanced and in a state of that inner growth mindset that I share with you. So it easily came to me in conversation mode in my left mode brain. My right mode brain brought up stuff and I, there you go, expansion. So when I'm dealing with any person, they don't have to nurture me. In fact, if they try to baby me, That's the minute that I'm like, what are you doing? Because a person who's trying to baby me is a codependent type who's in the low self-esteem group. It's not because of me, because they learned that they haven't identified. And that's the low self-esteem because if you have good self-esteem, it means you're not going to be afraid of losing me or of losing you because you know how to just speak versus uh, how to react. Speaking is different than reacting. Reacting is not a conversation or ignoring areas of um, that are requested. So let's say that I tell you, I feel like this is a monologue. I feel like I'm monologuing. I don't like monologuing. You know, I'm kind of done with this. And you ignore it. And that is going to be a key indicator that you are not interested in continuing to converse. So I will take that. That means I will not ask anything else or make a big deal. I will naturally do the tango 
and recalibrate and I will disengage from monologuing. Okay. And every one of you, if you're an adult, you know how to handle at least the basic of emotional independence, which means you don't say you should do, you should have known, how dare you. You don't go accusing people of shit because you feel upset in your body. And there's plenty of people that instead they do that. Okay. Again, flow, very straightforward, hopefully, how you can address people with eyes that look straight at them. You're human, I'm human. We're treating each other with humanity. We are going to be able to have the ability always to recalibrate, recalibrate, because people are verbs, not nouns. So when I know of my loved ones moving into expansion, it's really great. I'm happy that they're doing things, moving places. When they open up different ways, this is very clear, as well as when people instead are closed off, that's also clear. So as long as we're equally vulnerable, then we know that there's more heart in the mix. When there's lack of vulnerability, that's when we will perceive rigidity, because there's no openness in the presence of each other. And that will be because of emotions that get disregarded, thought processes that get comments. You know, if somebody makes fun of my woo-woo shit, I'm not going to share my woo-woo shit in the same way that I'll share it with somebody who instead understands that Claire's is not woo-woo. And so the difference is I'm going to inform of my lovely stuff because it's important, because I embody, I live it. When I do channeled guidance, when I have downloads, if people are involved and I have dreams, I want them to know about it because it's something that we share. But if they consider it dumb stuff, I'm not going to be in the energy of, wow, guess what happened today? I'm going to be like, hey, dad, this thing happened. Um, this is where you're at. It's, it's a list, like giving you a shopping list. Here's, here's all the updates. Um, that's it. You're done. And that's because there's no interest in the heart behind it because you, you told me my clairs are shit and bullshit. My dreams are shit. Everything's shit. So there you go. But it's still important for me to share. And here's where I make a conscious choice because you're involved in them. And so to me, it's information that you have a right to as a person who's a part of my life, but also that I want you to know because I want you as a part of my life. The difference is I'm giving you a list of my updates. That way you don't have to use too much time. I don't have to give you the dreamer version of me because you're not a dreamer anyways, you're a doer. And here, the list is quick. There you go. Like when people say, oh, I have to go shopping with the person. Oh my gosh, this is so boring. It's, it's the same idea. You're bored of my life and the way that I live it. So I'll make sure that I keep you as little as possible so that you can go on with your business and your day-to-day. -day. And that way we're done. And I did what I feel is important. So here's where recognizing that it is to say, pay attention to me, right? As a child, you're going to feel that's not nice. As you grow up, you're like, well, that, that's fair. The functional adult knows. That's why we don't need to lecture like this lady is doing to people. The functional adult of any one of these attachment categories that moves into becoming then their functional adult, okay, emotionally, and you're, you're resilient with your nervous system, and you know how to be in a state of love, and you know how people have trauma, okay? I'm... I'm Trying to close us out with when you are aware of yourself as a person, either with good therapy that has brought you to healing or with your common sense and all this great education that's out there, you're not going to be like, oh, how dare they think my woo-woo shit is shit. <laughs> no, it's going to be, I recalibrate 
in the accordance to use our time effectively because I respect you and I know you respect me in your way. We show up for each other fully and completely. Whether you have a whole three-year-old heart or not, that's up to you to do. That's the part. It's not all strings attached. I love you always open-heartedly and spontaneously because that's what relationships are. They're forever for those of us who love with our heart and are the essence of us. You're not a temporary person in my life. You're a forever person in my life. And I will understand and recalibrate and take in the data that you've shared with me throughout all of the years of our relationship. And so I will give you a list if that's what you prefer. And then I'll go instead draw painting with the people who want to draw painting with me and have fun. And it's called you resonate. It's called you, you enjoy that time. You, you want to use time that way. And that's felt. It's felt when people want to use their time with us because it's open heart. It's open mind. It's, it's a person who's listening, not interrupting or uh, criticizing. You, you have what's called a person who welcomes all of it. So when somebody welcomes the depths of you, they will welcome it in a very specific way. How they and what they do with it, that doesn't matter. And here's why some people that are 40, they're like, ah, oh, how dare you not know that people are evil? Uh, how dare you not know about trauma, you assholes? So that's what we're thinking. We won't say that because they automatically aren't healed yet. They're the teenager who just got half their life back and they're now wanting to go around. You know, you're not ready yet. Finish, finish first and get to your whole three-year-old heart. When you're done, then, then come back around. Then you'll be a smart faces. Other than that, don't waste my time with your lectures because we don't need to be lectured on how to be human. We are. Being in the fullness of humanity is you, an integrated brain, a restorative embodied self, and it is beautiful. My lovely, lovely listeners, with the holidays here, it's beautiful to be able and not only know that we can heal trauma with people by being their friend, being their partners, being their partner, for those of you who, again, are mono, securely attached. We don't lecture people. They're not our babies. <laughs> if we have babies, we don't want to lecture our babies, but they might have to be lectured because a baby, an infinite child, doesn't understand. So you have to have that authoritative, not the authoritarian and not the permissive, that right amount of balance and the one-third attunement and the ability then to repair ruptures. And we teach them how they can be a person that can share being human with others. Being yourself is all about the humanity that we each have when we're in our ventral vagal state. Achieving this is straightforward, but you are going to want to have the visibility of your window of tolerance and expand that to eventually a window of welcome. But, you know, take that time. And what you really want to know is how to say, hey, I actually am a person who gets really tired, you know, and you explain to people what's what and you just share what you need but there's no need to make it into a demand or you know not understanding of the others that's why as i was saying when someone's telling me to cater more to one side or another that's that's called no <laughs> uh, that's not how relationships work uh, we don't do percentages it's a bullshit it's a it's you're not math what what is this it, it feels very much like a state of lack of flow because you're both going to basically be expecting from the other something that is not going to fulfill either of your soothing quote-unquote mechanisms but we were running out of time so 
long story short, it's, it's a conversation. It's not, I'm going to tell you how to be. It's, it's, this, there's a difference. And again, other people, they want the organized, that, that's for them. Some of us, we love romance in a spontaneous three-year-old heart. Tune on in for more as an adult, remember that, and we'll be back again. Have a great day.